Julia sometimes waved some of them over, but usually she and Victor wanted privacy. It reminded them of the early years, when the two of them had had Mars to themselves. No one within fifty million miles. They'd staved off the lurking fears of abandonment and ever-present danger by creating their own private reality. By focusing closely, they became the whole world to each other. As they had come into the cafeteria, the audio switched to some gospel music, an unusual choice for her, but it fitted her current mood. Trouble of This World by Bill Landford rang gracefully amid the clatter of breakfast. In the two days since Andy's death, a numb gray pall had descended. Julia and Victor had taken full responsibility and meant it. The consortium board, meeting in emergency session, had rejected that explanation. Andy had flown inside the dome over a hundred times. Hang glider enthusiasts around the world had endlessly rerun the pictures of Andy's tight glide, and they emerged with a consensus. He had cut the margin too fine. Andy had never flown that tight a circle around the eucalyptus before. He had simply misjudged. The vast Martian subscription audience felt the same. There had been the usual abrasive commentary, asking whether Julia and Victor had simply lost their judgment from the long years of running the Gusef Mars outpost, but that was so expected that nobody paid attention. Not that any of it helped Julia and Victor. They did feel responsible, and no media mavens could change that. Trouble of this world mournfully underlined their mood. Julia sipped coffee and let her doubts well up within. It was better to let the feelings wash over her and live in them fully, knowing they would pass. They had found long before that music knitted together the small community here made it seem less isolated from humanity. The occasional disputes over what to play, the opera buffs thought Wagner for breakfast was fine, were worth it. Today it certainly helped to hear a chorus singing quiet spirituals over the breakfast clatter. She said nothing and gazed out the big window. Their table commanded its view, taking in the big new dome to the left, and beyond it the dozens of lesser domes, habs, quonset huts, and labs and depots, all with sandbags atop to shield against the solar wind and cosmic rays that sleeted down here eternally. Tracks cross-hatched the whole area, and color-coded suited figures moved everywhere in pressure suits. Ugly, she had to admit. Immediately she looked beyond the bustling colony. There lay beauty. The roll of dark hills across the crater floor blended into the bright, talus slopes that swept up into the craggy crater walls. A kilometer up, the rocky edges of the crater blended into a pink-brown sky that quickly faded into black. She never quite got used to that sky, blacker than ebony and holding a sun hard and bright against the dim backdrop of stars. Raw Mars. 
still out there. She got homesick, of course, often triggered by the similar desert landscapes here. On summers in her girlhood, her family had returned to a small town of 1,000 in the Mallee region of North Victoria. There were unending games for the kids of the town, flitting among the blue gum trees along the shaded billabongs. The dry heat had seemed to swarm up into her nostrils like a friend, welcoming her back into carefree summer. There was cracker night, with fireworks shooting off in backyards and the town square. The dads drank 4X beer and lit fuses with glee. Dogs hid whimpering under beds and